It's another episode of Metal, Rock, and Whiskey. I'm Sailor, and I'm going to exhibit vulgar displays of power tonight. Hi, guys. How is everyone? Hi. Hello. Hi. We have a birthday boy here tonight. Yes, we do. What? Happy birthday, Jakey. Happy Thank birthday. You very much. To, to you. you. <laughs> what 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 did you get for your birthday, Jacob? Uh nothing. <laughs> nothing. Aww. I mean nothing. That's exactly what I old. got for my birthday. <laughs> Thirty six years old. What the hell am I supposed to get for my birthday? I don't know, like I don't know, something? He, get, he gets a to watch? spend an evening with us. Yeah, I get to hang out with my pals on Metal Rock Whiskey. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what more do you right. need? I mean, uh, being my, with me my is wife a treat made, anyway. My wife made me cookies. So well, that's that nice. nice. And, my, and uh, my daughter made my wife a Mother's Day card on my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> wow, she's really on top of things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, God. Well, Jake, do you want to tell the listeners what we actually do on this show or what we're supposed to be doing? Nope. Oh, I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) So for the new listeners, uh, on this show, we do typically compare two albums from one artist against each other, discuss the merits, argue and cuss and swear at each other and very professionally debate the merits and in the end only one album or artist reigns supreme this is true and tonight we are going to be discussing pantera and two distinct periods in the band's history oh very distinct and different periods (laughs) and in the end we will decide which album we think is pantera's best and something else that is equally important we are all whiskey freaks on this show. Oh, yeah. And we not only drink copious amounts of it, but we also Woo-hoo! talk about it. Each one of us pairs a whiskey with the theme of the show, and tonight, that impossibly daunting task belongs <laughs> to the birthday boy. I gotta Jake. tell you guys, I've got, some, I got something extra special up my sleeve for tonight. You guys, I have, okay, I have something to say first, and then I have a couple of questions for you guys. So, I finally got a chance to listen to the episode, (laughs) the Jake Off. The Jake Over. um, That you guys recorded (laughs) while I was gone. The Jake Over. No, I'm calling it a Jake Off. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, yeah, I was not at a furry, a Tinder furry convention. (laughs) Thank you. I was not on a missionary trip. I don't know what kind of Lord would let me save people, but oh boy. Um, I was not appreciating (laughs) fucking Axl Rose. (laughs) (laughs) These these were all, I mean, these were all All facts we got straight from the CIA. This is straight intelligence. (laughs) I think you need to go to Facebook for your info, not the CIA, because apparently their intel is much better. 
Just kidding. So, um, I was just doing whiskey business. Like, no big deal. At a furry convention? Not at a furry convention. Oh, sorry. I mean, that would have been really interesting. Um, I was just, yeah, I just had some really super important meetings and some travel, and that was it. But if I were to have been at a furry convention, I heard there was some talk about (laughs) what my character would be. And no, it wouldn't be a freaking panda. It'd be a goddamn grizzly bear, okay? It'd be a giant grizzly bear. That's who I would be at a furry convention. So we've cleared that up. So did the the people at the quote-unquote whiskey business (laughs) like your bear costume? They loved it. It was very, very popular. I did many deals. And we can add pandas to the long list of people <laughs> yeah. Sailor hates. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I love pandas, but I I don't think pandas are something to be feared. Imagine I if guess. Axel Rose was dressed up like a panda. <laughs> Go for can it. Can I insert the puke emoji here? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I want to ask you guys a question. So, what... Well, just so the listeners know... Um, Especially myself. So after we record the shows, obviously, Ed has to edit them, which is a hell of a task because sometimes we're all a bunch of dummies. Um, And then um, we listen. Well, I specifically listen to it, you know, just as a second ear to make sure everything's kosher, whatever. And um, it is not getting any easier listening to myself. So I wanted to ask you guys, what's like the top thing you love about doing the podcast and what's the top thing you hate about doing the podcast? Great question. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't ready for this. That's going to be honest then. All right, somebody. And you want me to say? So I hate listening to my own voice. I think I sound like I don't know what, but I know everybody says that, you know, um, I still cringe sometimes, especially sometimes when I laugh. I'm like, who is that laughing? It's like a freaking hyena. Do I really laugh like that? Oh, my God. Um, But one of the things that I love about doing this podcast is obviously that I get to hang out with you guys every week. But I love the shit that apparently isn't happening um, when we're not recording. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we all thought it was for a long time, but our outtake moments are not staged, I assure you. Um, <laughs> I, I, laughed, I have laughed so hard on this show several times that I think I've hurt myself, <clears throat> possibly permanently. I've definitely peed my pants once, come close to peeing my pants several times, choked on whiskey a few times, shot whiskey Ooh. through my nose once. Oh, that burns. Gone through an entire box of tissues, <laughs> laughing my ass off. Um, so that's my favorite thing is how much we laugh. Well, I'm I'm with you on the uh, hearing yourself talk. And it seems like I'm always at a higher volume on these recordings than everybody else. So I get to hear my <laughs> voice above everybody else, and I freaking hate it. So and <laughs> and I'm also with you on the uh, 
the laughing and the outtakes too. It's just, you know, you're shooting whiskey out of your nose. I'm falling out of my chair and <laughs> my head, my headset is falling off my head. I'm turning beat, I'm turning beat red from impressions and jokes and sexual innu- innuendo. It's sexual it's innuendos. A, you it's, say it's a blasty blast. Yes, on this show. I mean, like a secret dildo being placed somewhere. No way. No way. It's very subtle. Does that actually oh, happen? Isn't it? Is it? Isn't that one of the shows you like? Does that happen? Oh my Did gosh! Did Ed finally catch okay. it? Catch it? <laughs> <laughs> while while you were out, Ed. That was very subtle. You played that. What's what's that pot or podcast or Instagram page that? Instagram subtle dildo. Yeah. They're my heroes. Oh, okay. We did, our, we did our own version <coughs> of that dildo. while you were restarting your computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's moments like, uh, like this. That's going to list that as his least favorite Make thing. this pie. <laughs> your least favorite? Oh, no, this is what makes it fun. Stuff like this. You guys always crack me up. You guys. No, but I'm with, also with you on the hearing your voice. Editing, actually. I really like too. It's uh, it's kind of fun. It just kind of gives me something to do. Yeah, likewise with the voice. Uh, that certainly, uh, I can't stand that. And um, but God, my favorite. Uh, you know, my other least favorite. I'm not. I don't really like to research things. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> Good job on the news, you fuckers. When I was gone, by the hey, way. There's this. This show only has one news person. Oh, speaking of the previous <laughs> show. Um, I have to apologize to everyone who was listening to that show. You, I'm sure you would have by now, hopefully, if you're you're following along. Um, yeah, that was kind of a a bad night for for audio. I found out halfway through the recording that I didn't plug in my normal desktop mic, and I was recording on the crappy inline mic in my earbuds. And then we're also trying to record our own audio independently, and I found out that Jake. Um, had a similar situation when he so he was recording off of his laptop's built-in mic and not his desktop <laughs> mic. So if anyone's wondering why Jake and I sound so horrible, um, last episode that would be why. So basically, it's the mat over. So hopefully, it will sound a heck of a lot better tonight. Hey, it's the mat and sailor so, over. So if I really hated my yeah, if I really hated my voice now, then I'm gonna hate it now after I hear that. <laughs> I want to get one of those. I want to do one of those really good radio voices. Like, I listen to some people who podcast, and they're like, "Hello, oh, I can't stand that podcasting." <laughs> I want to talk like that. And you have to have a really good condenser mic and talk really close to it. Oh, I'm gonna get one of those so I, I can you know have what? a radio like, voice. Uh, man, I, I told you guys before, like. There's this one podcast that I, I really, really enjoy the content on right now. But the guy that does it, he must be just, I mean, jawing his mic because it's like saliva. Like he's going down, like he's going down on his mic. <laughs> Gross. And you can just hear like smacking in his mouth while he's talking. It just Ugh. like makes my spine like cringe. Ugh. I, I keep I keep thinking at some point I'm just going to get used to that, but it hasn't happened yet. That's gross. That's disgusting. Anyway, 
That was it. I just wanted to ask you guys about that and make sure that I updated on the listeners on uh, what I was actually doing while I was away. You jerks. Well, what you were allegedly doing. I mean, it's just another possibility, I guess. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Anyway, next. Yeah, I know. I'm getting there, Ed. (laughs) (laughs) This is my birthday. (laughs) And he can do what he wants. He can cry if he wants to. (laughs) Oh, my. Little side note, my, uh. My, it was my my son and daughter's dance recital uh, weekend, and uh, my uh, when my daughter was dancing, I was having uh, allergy issues while while watching her dance. Must have been because my eyes started watering. Aww, that's, that's so really cute. cute. Well, enough of that BS. Sailor, <laughs> you got some rock and metal news for us. I only have I only have a little bit of news because um, we're going to approach a really big topic in one show. So I, I just wanted to kind of condense the news down. And I read a story that is, is plenty um, for a discussion anyway. So uh, in 2017, physical sales of music outpaced digital downloads for the first time since 2011. You might be like, what the fuck? Why? That doesn't make sense. Why are we going backwards? Well, it does make sense because those that were likely to buy a download in the past are now streaming albums instead, obviously. For the cost of one album, you can get a membership for a a month of access to like every single song ever recorded. Um, so the big news is that Apple has announced they will stop selling digital downloads, period. Wow. Yeah. They are the largest distributor of music, by the way. So they've set a date. It's going to be March, uh, 2019. They'll begin phasing out the down, phasing out download sales. Um, if you previously purchased anything or downloaded anything, it will still be available. Don't worry about that. Um, so I was doing a little digging, and it's a big rabbit hole, and we have, <coughs> excuse me, kind of brought this up before, and I don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole because we're going to do a show on it. But um, so there was an article from Business Insider in Jan- from January of last year, and they were already discussing that streaming had already outpaced paced digital album sales, and said that in fact it was 2016 that was the year of the shift. So. I'm going to give you guys just like a little insight into that. In 2014, there were 164.5 billion on-demand music streams. Jeez. In 2015, it was 310.1 billion. In 2016, it was 431.7 billion. So in two years, you go from 164.5 billion to 431.7 billion in two years. That's insane. Freaking nuts. So um, 
the people that are buying physical albums, though, as I'm sure everybody knows, this is not your main source of listening to music. You're buying this because it's a special release or mm-hmm. vinyl is a big deal again these days, you know, shit like that. Um, so this is going to once again change the face of music. And um, it's going to affect – it's not going to affect labels at all. The industry is actually seeing a rise in their profit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the artists are not seeing that. So um, this is always a double-edged sword for artists. The better access there is to their music, the better the band does. But it initially also hurts them in the pocket. So um, I think we really need to have the discussion, do a show on you know the whole Napster issue because that was brought up in a lot of these articles you know, file sharing and streaming and things like that um, and talk about this a little more because this is a big deal when your largest distributor of music says they're not doing any more digital downloads. That's huge. Do you think they'll have like a going out of business clearance sale on downloads? (laughs) That would be amazing. (laughs) And we do do have a scheduled show to talk about this. We do. It it will be coming down the pike, listeners. Don't worry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's your metal... Actually, that's your music news for the week, and that's all I'm going to give you guys. So there you go. All right. Boom. <laughs> Jake? <laughs> got- Hi. Do you have a- <laughs> there was a reason for the silence, and nobody... <laughs> Sailor? Everybody's no- silent. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody can't handle silence. <laughs> and now, Jake, do you have a whiskey pairing for us? <laughs> well, it's funny you should ask. I do. Being that... Uh, that it is my birthday. I picked uh, earlier today. I, I kind of picked five of uh, five of. Hmm, I mean, not not necessarily my favorite bourbons in my collection, but five of my favorite to drink. And uh, and I'm capping the night off with the uh, with the 2017 George T. Stag. It's 129.2 proof. Um, <clears throat> cool little fun fact about this one this is the uh this 2017 release was the largest release of of stag yet they released over over 30,000 bottles uh of this which is almost like double of last year which is pretty cool but here's what's going to happen since it's my birthday and i feel like having some fun and uh being a little generous maybe when this episode releases. Listeners can go over to our Metal Rock and Whiskey Facebook group, uh, and we'll put a post up on the Instagram as well. But you will find my review of this George C. Stag on that day, and I'll have a giveaway connected to it, and you can have the possibility of winning this two-ounce sample of 2017 George T. Stag Very that cool. I'm showing you guys right here. Wow. <clears throat> So the review will happen at that time, and I'll put a little nugget in there for uh, for a, a contest to see who wins that. 
So, so no birthday to that listeners. That's fun. You know what? I've, I've had birthday bourbon. Uh, I had, uh, I actually had 2017s and it, it was good, but no, it wasn't. I was, I was not a fan of the price they're asking. I'm sure. I love it. You know what it, it tasted to me? It tasted me like tropical fruit that was past its prime. It was fine. I didn't love it. I didn't... Like, you get a mango that's just a little off. I was getting notes like that. I don't know what it was. But... Hmm. Kind of like dried dried fruit. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hmm. I mean, I would drink the Prohibition any day of the week over that. <laughs> yeah, and any that's, day of the, any that's day kind of the what week. it comes down to. Yeah. The, the, the trade value of the birthday bourbon is honestly uh, better than the... Uh, the taste taste quality absolutely <laughs> so that's uh that's so our whiskey segment it's kind of tonight. a look forward to it it's in your glasses i've actually got a pour of the george c stag myself that i'm on what? right now very nice I figured you did i figured you did well tonight i am drinking another selection from buffalo trace um this one is rock hill farms which i am a big fan of it's just a um, a shame you can't find it too many places. It is a shame, Ed. <laughs> that, I remember. It's a just, damn shame. Just a damn shame. But just you know, just just a year ago, I used to just see those six deep on a shelf. Yep, with dust. Now you now you can't even get one for a panda doing push-ups. <laughs> Well, you inspired me to drink this bottle tonight, so I'm drinking Hudson Baby Bourbon. Boom! Uh, yeah, 100% New York corn, four years, in American oak. Uh, it's one of my faves, good price point, uh, and I'm completely infatuated with New York stuff. I right, see so you got your you got well you got your your Mets hat on, also got my Mets hat on, got the New York in my blood. Got it in my glass. I was pouring that stuff last weekend, and um, it's so funny because everybody, it's, Boston is a really weird whiskey market. It's definitely not a bourbon town yet. Um, you know, it, it would, the, the market's ripe for it, I'll tell you that. So anyone that gets here now with bourbon is going to do really well. Um, it's wide open to get your foot in the door. So everybody's like, "Why? Why is it baby bourbon? Is it because the bottle's little?" <laughs> like, <laughs> so of course, duh. So, well, wouldn't that be baby it, bottle? <laughs> baby bottle, baby <laughs> bottle bourbon. Do you really think they really? So I, I started just making shit up. Why it was called baby bourbon? <laughs> I don't even think they make make it in the small bottles anymore do they they do so they just switch the seven no, they, they have both they still yeah okay ready yeah. ready yeah around the horn each person has to give one reason as to why it's called baby bourbon yeah yeah are we supposed to tell the truth or make it up make whatever it up. we think it is okay i'll tell you one of the things i you guys go first and i'll tell you one of the things i was telling people <laughs> i'm gonna say because it's uh it's it's actually i actually yeah, i read this in a medical journal that uh that it's been certified uh, organic and went through uh, the Gerber trials, and it's actually safe to give to infants. Hmm. 
That's mm-hmm. that's that's why it's called that. I believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I heard it that they uh, distill it with the actual tears of newborn babies. <laughs> well, that's disturbing. <laughs> But that would be... That's a good... Wow, I mean, that's oh, pure. You know, we know babies cry a lot, so that's a lot of tears, right. you know, to go around. So instead are tears, of right- are tears mm-hmm. limestone? No, no you tears get- would be actually saline. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Ah, that's way better so, than limestone. Instead of writer's tears, you would have baby's tears. There you go. See what I did there? Uh-huh. See, but they call it baby bourbon because it's so goddamn delicious. That you and your significant other can drink so much that you're just making babies. <laughs> really, Matt? <laughs> That's brown all I got, man. I'm sorry. Cow. I should, I should, as obsessed as I am with this product, I should know why they call it baby bourbon, but I don't. Okay, so I'll well, tell we know you where Matt's, We know where Matt's mind's at. I'll, yeah. tell you, I'll tell you two things, and you guys have to decide which one is the real answer. Okay. So one answer is that... Um, they use uh, 30 gallon barrels instead of 53 gallon barrels um, because obviously when they were first opening the distillery they were anxious to get product on the market quicker and using smaller barrels helps to mature whiskey quicker you have less surface area those tannins will impart from that wood a lot quicker so you can get a two year out that tastes pretty comparable to a four year if you do it if you do it well um that's one answer. The other answer is the master distiller actually has baby hands, freakishly tiny baby hands. So instead of like not talking about it around the distillery, they decided that they were just going to call it baby bourbon as a tribute to his hands and how amazing it is that he can distill, you know, and do all this really difficult labor with these tiny infant hands. And that's why it's called baby bourbon. Hmm. I really can't decide which one is is the truth. Hmm. So I might have to Google it. I guess I'm stumped. Yeah, I got nobody. All right. Well, Google it. Google it and find out. You know, actually, you mentioned that less surface area in the barrel, but actually, it translates to more surface area per volume of whiskey. I was my head hurts. Like, Without getting uh, in the barrel, without getting <laughs> yeah. too into that though, is, I mean, to scale, isn't it equal? Because no. the the volume to surface area would be equal, It'd just be a smaller scale, mm-hmm. wouldn't it? No. Wouldn't the only way you'd get more surface area to liquid is if you had less liquid in a bigger barrel? The ratio grows exponentially <clears throat> the bigger it gets. The difference you... between the that's what she said. <laughs> <Hey>, <laughs> But that's for another episode, math and whiskey. Yes. Uh, so tonight, anyway, I'm drinking scotch again. Because I'm drinking scotch again. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I'm drinking um, some Does it delicious. have a name or is it just scotch? It's just called scotch. It's the Glenfiddich um, 15. So it's um, the... Yes, unique Solera Reserve. Let me. That is the best. Let me tell you something right now. If you're a bourbon drinker, this shit is the jam. I could probably 
Oh, I, I think I could trick a few bourbon drinkers into thinking this was bourbon. Especially if I told them it was just a weird cask finish. I think I could trick them into it. It's fr- it's friggin' amazing. Hmm. So amazing. I was pouring this, too, last week. So I got um, I got to know about it really well and got really familiar with it and did a big tasting with it. And I just absolutely fell in love with it. I believe they are still the only ones to use solar aging on one of their... That's what they said. That's what they say. On one of their products, it yeah. Is, um, it's just honey. It's like, it's up front, it's on the nose, it's up front, it's on the middle of the palate, it's in the finish. Just tons of honey, tons of raisin, but like um, the California raisins, the golden raisins, mm-hmm. you know how mm-hmm. different they taste from the dark raisins? Are those That's the ones exactly that used to sing like. in the Hardee's commercials? No, those were dark raisins. Oh, okay. <clears throat> the way you're the describing it, it sounds almost more like um, an Irish whiskey than a Scotch whiskey. No, it doesn't. It's not light enough to be an Irish. Hmm. It definitely has the body and the boldness of a Scotch. Hmm. You've got. I mean, it's definitely. I mean, I can tell it's it's barley, of course, and not corn. But um, oh my god, it's just it's phenomenal. It's so smooth, and it, it's funny because. You forget when you, when you like start off drinking bourbon before any other whiskey and you're drinking barrel proof stuff, which I, that's my favorite bourbon. And also women tend to go towards the barrel proof stuff more. And then you move to these scotches and people are like, oh, it's, this is a lot of heat. And I'm like, are you kidding me? This is like, it's like milk. What are you, what are you talking I can have this for breakfast. Um, so... It's like it's for babies. It's <laughs> like it's for babies with like people with baby hands. I think the interesting I think it's interesting. It would be an interesting study because I feel like it makes me a more discerning scotch drinker because it's scotch is lighter than bourbon. And we're not talking about all the Isla over smoked stuff that I don't like. Um, but you've gotta have enough flavor in there to keep me interested and enough depth and enough boldness in there because I'm coming off of drinking all this barrel proof bourbon for so many years. So it's, this is this past few months that I've been devoting to um, working on my palate for scotch and broadening my palate and learning a lot more about scotch and Irish whiskey has been so interesting. Um, yeah. It's yummy. I'm proud of Thank you. you. Thank you. I'm proud <laughs> of myself. I'm still not going to drink that Island shit. Not going to happen. You just haven't found one you'd no. like yet. That's all. <laughs> nope. I tell you what, you need to start getting into some Danish, some some we'll talk, some we'll Danish talk. whiskey. Danish whiskey. What the fuck is Danish whiskey? It tastes like maybe, cinnamon and sugar. Maybe you can ask. <laughs> just email email Torben and ask him about it. Ah, oh, the Torben. Speaking of Torben, um. I'm really excited, you guys. We should have mentioned this to the listeners when we started the show. We have a new sponsor. It's our first sponsor on Metal Rock and Whiskey. We're very excited about it. Um, So we will um, debut that at the end of the show. And, um, yeah, I'm excited to see what the listeners think and if they buy the product. Yeah, it's – I mean, we've reached out to a lot of people and we – I mean, we got a a solid – I mean, this company is – is top notch and their spokesperson is, is, I mean, he's, he's a hero to, to, One to of many. A kind. Yes. He's a hero to many for sure. So we're excited. We're excited to bring him in, bring him into the fold. 
Hmm. He's As a bit of a ball. He's a bit of a baller. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Could that be a clue? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. We'll just have to wait and wait and hear us hear hear what he has to say about his racket. Hmm. Hmm. Oh my god. Uh, I just so do we have a timeline? Love tonight? you guys anymore. We do. <laughs> we do. Well, you served that up nice, Jake. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Does anybody want to talk about the topic? I feel like we just did a whole show and we haven't talked about jack shit. I feel like it's been so long we don't even know what we're talking about anymore. So, we're going to talk about Pantera tonight. As Ed mentioned, and um, I'm going to start you guys off a little bit of a timeline, um, especially for those people who may not be that familiar um, with Pantera. And um, I want you guys to please reference the photos that I sent you because everybody and I'm going to post listeners. I will post these on our Instagram and in our Facebook group. It's very important to have these um, these visuals when we talk about the first part of this band's history. I don't want to so, look. You have to look. I don't you have look. to do it. You have to. You just oh, in particular, scary. let me call out one photo that I want you to pull in particular. There's a pink background and it's no, yeah. it's all of them. <laughs> There's some growling, you know, like give me more babies. That's it. That's it. That's how I imagine the photo shoot went. <laughs> Give me the sexy look, baby. That was um, that was a that was a sex Pantera. <laughs> okay, so Pantera was formed in 1981 in Arlington, Texas, by the Abbott brothers, drummer, drummer Vinnie Paul and Dimebag Daryl, along with lead vocalist Terry Glaze, and then eventually Rex Brown on bass. Pantera was actually a glam metal band originally. So these are the photos that we are referencing, and they are golden. So bad. So good. I mean, they got the hair going on. They got the eyeliner. They've got the spandex pants. They've got the puckered lips, the the pouty lips. (laughs) Vinny, Vinny just looks like a Saturday Night Live spoof in these pictures. <laughs> it's, it's, it really it's does. It's so good. It's amazing. <laughs> the perms. The perm. Oh, my God. The perms. Look at the black and white one. The black and imagine, white one. I could, I could imagine Chris Farley doing him yeah, yeah, in, a, be, in a skit. Him yes, at, that, at that point yes, in time. Totally. Yes. Totally. Oh, oh yes, that would be so yes. good. Jack Black would be Dimebag. You kidding yeah, me? So look at no, you, you got to look. I mean, this oh, you picture. Mean, you mean Diamond? Right here, Diamond. Sorry, that's right. This one, this <laughs> yes. picture right here, where yes. so so listeners when it gets posted, it's uh it's Vinny and he's in a, a sleeveless uh, <laughs> cheetah print V neck tank top with some lace on it. With a purple do rag tied around his wrist, <laughs> and he lavender. He has, right. I mean, he has full on uh, 
um, like Delta Burke hair from the 80s. (laughs) This is designing women right here. Designing women if they were in Jersey. Yeah. I mean, this is bad. He oh he God. looks like he looks like he's a crossdresser. But look, he picture. does because I love how it's, the shirt's ripped too. Yeah. It's oh, not yeah. like a V neck; it's ripped, so it's like wild. Rawr. But he's like full on chest hair, everything. <laughs> yeah, Jack Jack. It's like Jack there's Black, there's like Jack the Black could do this. There's perfectly. like diamond. There's diamond Dave chest hair, and then there's, there's this. Th- there's the, this chest <laughs> yeah. hair is the, the David Lee Roth, the kind you okay. shave. Yeah. Okay, if if. Yeah. Uh, if Jack Black was going to do Diamond, then Zach Galifianakis would be Vinny. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Ed, get on that. Superimpose those faces. Why did over. we... I'm, like, I look at this shit sometimes and I think to myself, why did we look like this back then? I mean, because I looked like this too. I don't, I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know. So, okay. So in late 1986, Pantera was looking for a heavier sound. So they replaced <laughs> Terry Glaze. Apparently, Thank apparently God. they blamed it on him <laughs> with Phil Anselmo and released the album Power Metal. And that's really when the marked change in their look and music style becomes noticeable. <laughs> then... With their fifth studio album, Cowboys from Finally. Hell, they went they went into the groove metal sound, quote unquote. And then in 1992, they released Vulgar Display of Power, and that's when I feel like they were really in a sweet spot with their sound. And I think most fans, when they think of Perterra, will often think of this album in their head. So then in 1994, there's big changes that came for the band. Their next album, Far Beyond Driven, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200. That was huge. So then we'll fast forward to 1996, and the waters begin to be very troubled for the band. Unfortunately, Anselmo had become a heroin addict, and he, he was really struggling with his addiction. For In five fact, minutes. that year, he almost <laughs> died of an overdose. At this time, well, yeah, he died and came back, mm-hmm. indeed. Um, at this time, they were attempting to record the album, The Great Southern Trend Kill, and it was such a mess that they actually had to record separately. So um, a lot of the band members, the tensions were so high that they couldn't even be in the same room with him. So um, Anselmo recorded separate from the rest of the band. Um And the tensions between the band became such a problem that they only released one studio album in the next seven years, which was Reinventing the Steel in 2001. Shortly after that, Pantera disbanded and decided that Anselmo would not return to the band if they were to reform. So Vinny and Dimebag then went on to form Damage Plan, and Anselmo had several other side projects of his own. But sadly, in December of 2004, Dimebag Daryl was shot and killed on stage during a concert in Columbus, Ohio. He was only 38 years old. So that ended Pantera, perhaps forever. So that's kind of Pantera in a nutshell. You know, I I did a really short timeline. Um, I want to talk a little bit first because it's always the burning topic when you talk about Pantera now. Um, a lot of people, much like our parents know where they were, you know, when John Lennon was shot or when Kennedy was shot and, you know, 
um, where were you on 9-11, things like that. There's so many rock and metal fans that talk about, you know, where they were when they heard the news of Dimebag and how it affected them. And, um, yeah. What about you guys? Um, I guess maybe I didn't, I didn't feel too much for, and I don't tend to get caught up. You know, I, I appreciate, and I love the music that people put forth and, you know, it's always sad when somebody dies too young, but I, I guess if it's not, you know, family or friend, I don't tend to really get that emotionally connected. Um, it certainly was disappointing because, you know, from that point, for me, I, they could never do Pantera again, um, you know, in my mind. I mean, I guess they could play their songs, but it would never be, it would never be Dimebag, you know, playing playing those guitar riffs that, that were so legendary. Um, so that was a bummer. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, they were kind of, I don't know, they, they had already broken up. I, I wasn't, I wasn't that big of a fan of, of Damage Plan. Um, you know, whether that was, you know, just because I was you know, irritated that they weren't doing Pantera anymore and and the sound was different. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is, it was unfortunate, but I don't know if I, I don't know if I, I, I mean, I could tell you exactly like every detail of where I was, who I was with, uh, you know, on 9-11. But mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you where I was when I found out that dime bag was shot. Yeah, me neither. Um, I knew. Remember, I forget when it was. I think it was probably sometime after the fact that I heard about it, and um, it wasn't until I was actually doing research for this show that I found out, you know, all the details about what had exactly happened. And, um, yeah, it was unfortunate, uh, for sure. And, um, like we were talking about, um, before with that guy, what what was the band where the guy came up on the stage and got pushed off? Oh, Lamb of God. Lamb of God. Yeah, Yeah. 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 You know, I can totally see why you, you know, how that could happen after, you know, this incident with Dimebag. Um, so I haven't wasn't really all that in, much into Pantera just because I didn't hear much of them. I didn't have other friends who was into them, but after listening to them, I, you know, I probably would have been into them if I had heard them more, but how about you, Matt? Do you remember much about it? I mean, I, I do remember, I don't remember exact details, but at that time period, you know, I was in college and had been going to a lot of shows at similar venues around that time, small venues, few hundred people um, seeing different bands. And I was a fan of damage plan and I had wanted to see them on that tour. Um, Hmm. But you know, that show in Columbus, I think was near the end. I think maybe they had one, one show or two shows left after that one uh, before they called the tour uh, and was disappointed. I didn't get to see them unfortunately, because I did like that album and that, that's the only reason it kind of hit me was because I was obviously I was a Pantera fan, but having frequented smaller venues like that and seeing bands very, you know, personally very close, uh, that's kind of how it hit me because, you know, it could have been any venue sure. on any night 
with any band, really. Yeah, I would say I would I would agree to that point. I think what it made me think about more was the next time that I was in, you know, a, a venue of that style. It, it kind of made you think about that, you know, that I mean, could it could it happen at this show or, you know, you might see a heightened level of security af- after that at the time. So, yeah, I met to that point, you know, those those types of venues are awesome to mm-hmm. see shows in and you just you just never know i mean it's not a you know a pro sports arena with metal detectors and everything else so it's it made you it made you think for sure so this was um this was the year that i exited the music business it was late 2004 early 2005 um so Damage Plan wasn't as big as Pantera was, obviously. Um, so they were playing with a lot of hardcore and metalcore bands that were fairly small, you know, in fairly small venues, which was amazing because people were flipping out because it was the guys from Pantera. So I had been at many, many shows where Pantera played. They had played several shows with bands that I had done tours for or... Um, one of my bands uh, on my label was, you know, at a show in Europe or whatever. And um, I also went to college in Columbus. So I got a phone call really quickly after the news broke from a friend like, oh, my God, you're not going to believe what just happened because it was in Columbus. And I was like, shut up. You, are you serious? And I just happened to be with a friend um, <clears throat> who's was in a very, very well-known um, hardcore band, metalcore band, whatever you want to call them. Um, and he started, like, within a couple hours as the news spread, you know, the, um, like, the loud wire and, you know, these type of, you know, lamb goat the, started calling, asking for, you know, what are your, what's your feeling on this? What are your thoughts? Do you have any comments? And this person was um, pretty good friends with Dimebag and was very overwhelmed emotionally. And I was trying to help him answer. And at the time, we didn't really know. that. To me, the sad thing about this is he didn't just shoot and kill Dimebag. The, the story is so sad, the carnage. Um, the other people that were killed, it, it was awful. Um, so terrible as with, you know, any tragedy like this, but it was just a weird thing for me because they were at the time pretty much on the same level as a lot of the bands I was working with or had worked with or my friends were in, are in. So that was really freaky to me because they were, it was, that could have been one of us. That could have been one of my guys, you know? So that, it freaked me out um, really, really bad. And, you know, and so I, was in that community at the time. And there were so many people that were like, I don't know, I'm not like freaked out to go to shows for a little while. Um, A lot of people, a lot of the musicians were super freaked out about playing and were really serious about security. Like, no, nobody comes up on stage anymore. I'm sorry. You know, like it sucks, but it just doesn't (laughs) happen anymore. You know, no one gets, and just asking venues started checking backpacks Mm -hmm. and things like that. You know, it, it did change a lot. And I um, ended up meeting about a year or so later. I was in Texas with another friend of mine who owned, also owned a small underground record label. 
And um, he knew one of the guys that had gotten shot and injured. Um, he survived. Uh, and we were at some hardcore like festival thing in, in Texas. And uh, he told a little bit of the story. And I was just like, ugh, ugh. And he, he got out of he just got out of the business. I can't remember exactly what he did, but um, it was a terrible thing. You know, Pantera fans are very, very hardcore fans. Um, these dudes could do no wrong, basically. So, you know, losing Dimebag was a really big deal for them. Um, I don't, I don't know if I agree that Pantera can't go on. I mean, even though Dimebag was such a, he was such a personality, I do think that they can continue. And I, I think they should continue. I really do. I think he would have wanted them to continue. Why not? Well, I don't see it as being any different than, you know, Ozzy going on without Randy Rhodes. You know? Mm. Exactly. Well, no, it's, no, continued without I Cliff. I think that's kind of... Well, but, yeah, but that, no, it, it would more it would be more like, uh, like James going on without Lars or Lars going on without James. Sure. We're talking about two founding members... And sure. not just two founding members, but but brothers. Sure. So it's not just that. Uh, no, that's true. And it's not. And it, you know, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't the Vinny band. It was Pantera, and it was founded by two brothers. Like I said, like Cliff, even Cliff. Cliff wasn't James and, and Lars are, are who started Metallica. I mean, you can. I can't imagine Metallica being. Metallica without one of those two. And um, I mean, not, I guess if it yeah. was going to be either of them, it, let's replace Lars. And not to be blunt <laughs> and, <laughs> and and not to be blunt and not to take anything away from the Randy Rhodes tragedy. But since you brought that up, um, you know, there's I mean, you're talking about one guy who's coked out in a plane with <laughs> another coked out guy and someone who gets murdered on stage. I think it's two. Yeah. You're talking about two totally different things here. Sure. Yeah. But Vinny has said, he has said that he would, if the fans want Pantera to, you know, reunite or whatever, he would do it. Yeah, I mean, it's he a touchy said subject. he would. Yeah. I, I mean. Well, but, but also, I mean, where are they at in the spectrum of, you know, what can, what can Phil do at this point? I mean, I vocally. It's true. Well, assuming that they would even be able to have Phil back, which I don't see as a that's, possibility. That's, well, that's what I was getting at. I mean, they already uh, changed. I mean, Vinny and, and, and Dimebag, they could have just kicked Phil out of the band and continued on as mm-hmm. Pantera if that's what they wanted to do. But they obviously felt like uh, that the band was going to be too different you know, and Sailor, this comes to a point that you've brought up in, in a previous episodes that that once a band changes their sound to the point where it doesn't sound like that band, that maybe that maybe they just should be a different band. And I think that's why they they went on with damage plan as opposed sure. to just continuing on as band. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree. think they I probably agree. felt that way. And I think that I think that the I guess at this point it, it would have to be a, a choice for Vinny, but I I just can't see I guess it's 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 up to him and teach their own. If, if if it turns out great, great. But I don't know. I think that the difference 
to me, the difference is this, that Pantera has this long history and then Dimebag dies. In the other situation, they were in the middle of building these bands and the person dies. Do you know what I'm saying? So yeah. which is could, which is more likely for it to continue on as as something. Right. At this point so, they don't they don't need to bring no, Pantera. No, no, no. But they could they could do I mean Phil can still sing. He could he can still do it. I think he's cleaned up his act. I mean he's he's down has played recently, I believe. Um you know, I think that as a tribute to Pantera sir, I mean Certainly, and and I mean, writing new music—that's another story, of course. I don't know, but um, but I think it to me in the interviews that I've seen and when Vinny has talked about it, I think he wants to. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know if there would if Phil would be welcome back though. Honestly, from you know the interviews with the members that I saw, it and Phil seems like I mean he's one of the he rates right up there in my opinion anyway, with um, Axl Rose and Gene Simmons as some of the biggest D-bags. <laughs> no, the band already Indeed. has a, already has a, a D-bag. This bag will be, be uh, douche, Dimebag Daryl and Douchebag <laughs> Phil. I <guess. laughs> but I could almost see recording new material as more acceptable than just going on tour as a pure money grab with some somebody else playing guitar. Yeah, so if you if you if you want to bring if you want to bring somebody in to move the band forward and create new material, you know whether I know Zach Wilde's name was dropped, but you know n- name whoever mm-hmm. uh, instead of just going on a quote unquote reunion tour, um, you know I could almost see recording a new album as more acceptable. Yeah, you know, Matt, I I I think I might agree with you there because it it would be it would be cool to have somebody like a Zach Wilde who I'm I'm sure. Uh, was a huge fan of of Dimebag, and that was oh, probably yeah. a big influence on him Definitely. to give somebody of that caliber, you know, an opportunity to more to tribute and you know to to kind of tribute a hero of theirs on a new album rather than, I mean, like like you said, I, I don't know, I can't imagine that they would just go do a money grab. Yeah. It would not be a money grab, and I brought this up. I think you guys are forgetting that recently. Yeah, we talked about this. That. Came up in the in the news because Vinny said he would be very interested in it if the fans want it. He would do it, and it would certainly not, absolutely wouldn't be a money grab in any way, shape, or form. But um, I think if they frame it as a tribute, as kind of like a an, an ode ode to dime bag kind of thing then i think there's a i think there's a very right and probably a very wrong way that they could come about it and i I just hope i hope that they do it in a way that that doesn't come off as you know uh i don't know i don't know how to frame it but well i don't i would be very disappointed if they carried on the pantera name i really don't think that would be be appropriate I, I don't I don't have a problem with it. In this case, I just don't. I don't I really don't. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't th- I don't have a problem with it. So, but let's talk about their albums, shall we? You drink this love. 
Should we talk about the glam albums or should we leave oh, those yeah. alone? I'm starting to think we should have made this like a two parter. <laughs> <laughs> or a three parter. Oh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay, Matt, because everything before 1990 is going to last about five minutes. So all I could think about, <laughs> true, I was true. listening to some of these earlier, earlier glam albums and, you know, with song titles like Ride My Rocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were big aeros- aerospace I'd say that one more time. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, ly- lyrics like, hey, baby, lick my ice cream cone. <laughs> <laughs> it just all I could think about was like uh, yeah wait wait let us is, know was what like you spinal were tap about. remember spinal tap with more cushion for the pushing <laughs> oh my god it, it was oh, almost god. like they were a spoof of themselves it was okay it was so crazy. metal magic thumbs up or thumbs down That's why don't you just thumbs? say the whole decade. <laughs> projects projects no we're gonna do this come on right, i'm okay. just gonna hold my hand right here just like this. okay so everybody's thumbs down for metal magic projects in the jungle and thumbs down again i am the knight <laughs> still a thumbs down uh power metal uh, thumbs oh we got no. one thumb up oh, I, oh. I love it for the, the cheese factor I, I figured I might like that one. Plus, it plays think- right into the wheelhouse of my uh, my listening habits at the time when I was a right. See, I am right there with you, Ed. I actually, I mean, yeah, I'm not listening to it now because I seriously like it, but I did like it back then. Oh, yeah. right, in, def- in defense, though, can I we say that if- I hate glam metal. If I this just was, don't like it. If this was not linked, like, say we worked backwards and this was not in any way linked to Pantera and it was just- a glam metal 80s band forget the I don't name like it. band mm-hmm. x y and z could it be mm-hmm. at least acceptable for what no. it is not yeah. to me i don't yeah. I, I don't oh, back I don't at like the time style. totally but i used I think... to listen to rat i loved rocking <laughs> yeah, out yeah. to oh, rat yeah. back always, in the yeah. day the fact, that, the fact that, know? that we know who was playing and what they became later on I think. it totally changed yeah. that's the problem oh, but yeah. like if you take power metal on its own of the time does it age well no i'm no, not even it's... gonna pretend like it ages well not even no of course not but for an effort <laughs> of the time it was a good album if, if for a glam band mm. Of the in '88, yeah, I liked it. Is why, yeah, I mean, it, it holds up. Yeah. It holds up in the time frame. I just, right. I, it's just not a, it's not a genre that I particularly <laughs> like. I didn't, I didn't care for it in the '80s, and I, I don't, still don't really care for it now. So, I mean, I can listen to it. It's not bad. I mean, there's certainly worse music out there, but if I have a choice to listen to something else, I certainly will. <laughs> I mean, all the quote-unquote expert reviews I read of those first four albums was was that there was a progression amongst those first four albums yeah. toward what they became. There oh is my no, goodness. Pro- there is no progression. At, there's no progression at all. No, you you can you can four, actually no. There's there's four, and then there's a sharp line, and I then agree. there's cowboy. No, I I listened to them. I listened to them in order uh, over the last I... week, and and I will tell you that musically, I mean. The the albums didn't get better as far as they don't sound any better. They're they're bad albums, mm. but but you can tell from a talent standpoint that practice that I can hear the progression in of practice, I can. Thank you. Yes. They're getting better. Yeah. Uh, 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 Vinny's they're timing. Getting Vinny's timing. The albums don't Vinny, get better. Vinny is probably the one that that improved the most. Like his timing 
in the first album was bad. Well, and the I mean, one it, thing he I was noted, like flipping, he was flipping beats all over the place. Yeah, and the one thing I noted <laughs> is that is that from the beginning, from Metal Magic, Daryl is as good in that on that first album as he is on the last yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. he's. He, he is. I mean, yeah, he d- yeah. it's it's almost out of place how good he is on those first four albums with the rest yeah. of the band, because you can see the talent is there. Yeah, I mean, they that you could hear them progress, but the albums didn't get better mm. for sure. So okay, so so power metal, we're we're fifty fifty, two thumbs down, two thumbs up. Um, Cowboys from hell. How many thumbs can I put up? Here's my you can foot. Only put up one. <laughs> Here's thumb. my foot. My my I, big my, my big feet. toes are up pointing up. Cowboys <laughs> from Hell was a transitional album. Yeah, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I could see. To say well, the least. There, there was the sharpest transition between power metal and Cowboys from Hell, and but from Cowboys from Hell, it was actually a nice, granted, a fairly sharp, but you could still hear a little bit of their old sound in the vocals and stuff. It still was in there a bit. It wasn't very obvious, but it wasn't completely gone. No. I, yeah, I, I think I get what you're saying, because then when you go into Vulgar, it is totally it's a different. lot it's more totally, intense. Yeah. Totally it's a lot different. more intense. Yeah. No, I like Cowboys from Hell as well. The song Cemetery Gates, you can oh, definitely hear. Song. Great song. You can definitely hear some of their old style still just hanging on a bit in there, in the, the vocals, um, in parts. But uh, yeah, once they get beyond that, it's just awesome. They leave everything, <laughs> everything from their past is left behind. Thank God. <laughs> leave okay. it there, walk away, and let so, it burn. So we have everybody agrees on Cowboys from Hell. That's a all the way thumbs up. Yes. Um, vulgar display of power. Oh. Thumbs up. I mean, two thumbs up for me when yeah definitely um this yeah like i said in the timeline this is what i think everybody thinks of this is the album everybody sees in their mind right and one of the coolest album covers one of the coolest it is a cool album cover yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, i love that yeah um i mean there's like some of the songs on this album are you know walk is I oh mean, yeah, that's one of their best. <clears throat> walk was God, my ring my walk, back when back when having a uh, music ringtone was cool. Hey, walk I was Walk was my ringtone forever for like two years. Oh <laughs> uh, wait, you skipped over <laughs> an album a, there. That's a great Sailor, hockey song. I think. What oh, I skip yeah. over? Far yeah. Beyond yeah. Driven. Oh shit, that's right. Sorry. You know why? Because I don't really care about that album. <laughs> <laughs> I love that album. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Gloves are gloves are off. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's those um, all right. Yeah, it's a weird. It's like a non. It's a, not that I don't like it. I forget about it all the time because it's like a non out. I don't know what happened there. I don't know. Yeah, but anything. Okay, I'll, I'll let you continue. Well, no, no. We, I mean, we can talk. We should talk. Probably talk about that. I was going to say after, after. Are we going to uh, are we going to continue voting on these albums real quick? Yeah, yes. are we gonna are we gonna yeah. stop and talk? Yeah, about go, each go one? with the next one. So, um, no, far beyond driven is after vulgar display of power. Yeah. Um. So I I didn't skip it. Um. 
Then there's, okay, so then how do we vote on Far Beyond Driven? Two thumbs up. Uh, I'm a side thumb. I'll one side thumb. <laughs> Me too. Oh. <laughs> okay, but that, that means it's three thumbs, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> then, then there's the Great Southern Trend Kill. Still two thumbs. Oh, they lost me oh! after that one. They Matt's totally lost me. down. I like that album. No, the vocals get way too growly at that point for me. Oh, see, you don't like that growly shit. Matt, <laughs> Matt you don't like that album, really. Okay. It's a little, okay. too, it's a little too Southern for me. Oh, yeah, see, I grew up that way. Yeah, I grew up it was on like southern, a, southern that rock, was a thing so I love that, I, that was something I, I really love about that album. I liked it too. Um, okay, then there's reinventing the steel. I'm only one thumb up for that one. I'm a thumbs down on that one. Sorry. <clears throat> I, you, I, you could I, tell the band was done. Same same, same story <laughs> as the yeah. as the previous album. Yeah, a little. Probably a little bit too much drug reference for me as far as where where Phil was in his life. I, I felt like, uh, I don't know, at times I feel like the album was forced. Like it was. Oh, t- they were, I could, I mean, that's what, that's the thing. Yeah. They were done. I could tell the chemistry, that they were. The chemistry was lost. Lost. And, but, and just, it wasn't working anymore. I would say on the spectrum of, of you know, in, in 2000, I mean, this. This album came out. I'm trying to th- remember if it came out during my senior year or or right after in high school because I graduated in 2000. And uh, but there wasn't there wasn't a ton of great albums that came out in that same genre that year. Like similar, you know, uh, there wasn't a lot of albums to compare it to that year. So it was still a in that spectrum. It was a good album that year, but. In this, in in the overall discography uh, for Pantera, it's it's not it's not one of their best. What year was be, that again? Was that two thousand or two thousand one? Two thousand. Two thousand. I was yeah, just it trying was, to. Just it seemed not... like it came out like summer of two thousand. It seemed like it came out right after I graduated. I think so. So, um, I'm writing up the tally, so you guys discuss while I do this. Here's your topic. Discuss. Oh, here's a little bit <laughs> I'm of trivia. All the Whose guitar is Dimebag Daryl buried with? Eddie Van Halen. Oh, there you go. Yeah, his his guitar from uh, the Van Halen Two album. I miss I miss our trivia segments. I don't. (laughs) So, um, how did Dimebag? It's not wasn't his first guitar, but it's the it was his second guitar, but first like really amazing guitar. How did he get it? At the guitar store? No. He won a pie-eating contest. Oh, interesting. I shit you not. You gotta Google it. I've never heard that story. (laughs) He won two years in a row. And when he won the second one, they were like, please don't come back because you keep winning these. (laughs) So apparently... The story Is that where we like, get the expression "shut your pie hole" from? Shut your pie hole. But um, but but the real truth is that Vinny actually won the pie eating contest for him, <laughs> pretending to be him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Vinny. I'm not fat shaming you. Um. So he just seeing had, that seeing that picture of him from the '80s just scarred my brain for I the know. Oh man. So <laughs> apparently, you had to submit a tape 
of you playing guitar, which he did. So he was one of 150 or whatever. And then he got, then you move on to the next round and it's a pie eating contest. What the fuck that has to do with playing guitar? I don't know. It's so Texas. he won tw- two years in a row. <laughs> <laughs> but the poor thing sold the guitars. Only in they Texas. Needed the he must money. really wanted that guitar. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, so this is how I might, I'm, I mean, I've been drinking, so I might've fucked this up, <laughs> but I think this is how it went down. Um, power metal got two thumbs, right? Right. Those were from Ed and myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cowboys from hell got four thumbs. So you're leaving off the ones that got zero thumbs. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, vulgar display of power got four thumbs, Right. Mm-hmm. Far Beyond Driven only got two thumbs. Or is that right? No, it got three. Remember, you and I each gave a halfway up. Oh yeah, thumb. that's right. Three. Okay. Great Southern Trend Kill only got two thumbs. And reinventing the still only got one thumb. My lonely thumb. Okay, so <laughs> that means power metal goes away. Bye bye power Down metal. Down to two albums. That is not power metal. Sorry. Cowboys from sort of hell. Cow- it's cowboys versus Cow- vulgar. Cowboys it versus is. vulgar. Yeah. Which, yep. I, I mean, I if, mean, if coming into this, if you were to just ask me what the two, what their two best albums were, that's exactly what I would say. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I agree. But we have to play the game, you know? <laughs> that's fun. You got to give me something to do while I'm sitting here drinking. So we have to choose between these two albums, which I think is interesting because I... Can I just choose my favorite kid? It's e- it's easy for me. <laughs> it's yes. actually easy for me too. If it comes down between the two, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I have, I have, I have my pick. Because the, the, right. the CD is actually in the CD player in my truck right now, right. and it's been go, there. It's been there for six years. All right, let's All right. go. Let's go around the horn. Okay, round the table. Okay, so Ed, I'm Ed, gonna start with you. Cowboys or with, vulgar? With cowboys. Okay, and tell me why. Why? Because of the vocals. They still have, I mean, not that I think that vulgar display is unlistenable. It's not. I can still handle it, but it's skew, starting to skew farther towards the range that I don't really like as much. And Cowboys is still pulled back a little bit, and I can still enjoy the, more of the vocals in that album okay all right matt i will go with cowboys all day all night all year (laughs) and why (laughs) for all the reasons that ed said plus it has my favorite song on there which is cemetery gates oh cemetery gates such (sighs) a good song and you're making this difficult matt and again i think that (laughs) As good as Vulgar is, starting with Vulgar and moving to the later albums, I think there is less, and I hope I can find the right word, there is less, um, a lot of the songs sound the same, they're kind of, they kind of drudge along from song to song, I think on Cowboys, you have enough diversity from song to song, that just yep. makes it a complete album, uh, without me getting bored, and that's a huge thing for me, about getting bored <laughs> when all the songs start sounding the same. As good as they are, once they start sounding the same, I just completely tune out. 
on Cowboys, I do not get that song. The song keeps me interested, and that is my choice. Okay. And Jake? Well, I'm going to go to a new level and walk over here with this love for Pantera. I knew it. And I'm going vulgar, display of power, punching that face on the cover. I when let's see, I've had my I've had my truck for I think well six and a half years, and the first CD I put in my disc changer was this album, and it's been there ever since. It's never left. <laughs> I probably I don't even know if it works. I haven't listened to my CD player in so long, but, <laughs> but it's there. But it's in there. It. All those it's, cold Michigan nights, and I don't think yeah, right. <laughs> it's it's still in there. All that expanding and contracting of the plastic, I'm sure, did that CD a lot of good. So this was uh, uh, this was actually the very first Pantera album, out like album that I ever heard. I had heard Cemetery Gates, you know, the songs that got radio play. I I, I came across Pantera through radio play actually, and it was probably. It was probably Cemetery Gates that was the song that caught my ear that made me really want to get into them. Um, and you know, you go to the the CD record store and and Vulgar uh, Display of Power was the first one that I saw, and I thought the album cover was just super cool, so I bought it. And, and uh, man, I mean, it, I was an instant. This is uh, Pantera is a, a top five band for me, and. Um, you know, thank you guys for uh, letting us talk about this band on my birthday. That was uh, very cool of all of you. But uh, one of my favorite bands and one of my favorite albums of all time. So I can't, I can't move away from it. But it's Cowboys could easily be one B. It's sure. it's not an it's not an easy decision. I think I think they're probably equal in my love for musicality, and maybe there's just a sentimental edge to vulgar display of power hmm. no pressure okay. sailor no pressure <laughs> <laughs> well you are the deciding uh, vote so I, I will tell you that it's t- this is is tough for me to choose um i mean i i'm confident in my choice but i when i was think i've been thinking about this for the past couple of days and like going over and over in my head um you know, what's I always kind of go, well, what songs would I have to live without? This is, when, this is what happened when we did Metallica, you know. Can I live without certain songs if I have to choose, you know, off the album? So I'm kind of going to approach this the same way. Um, can I live without a lot of songs from Vulgar Display of Power? Yes. Would it be difficult to live without Walk and Mouth for War? Yes. Very <laughs> difficult. Fucking but, hostile. Oh, so good. A, good <laughs> I, a great song. I, however, the two songs that I picked out that would be tough to live without for me are Walk and Mouth for War. Can I live without Cowboys from Hell, the song? And can I live without Cemetery Gates? <clears throat> I cannot. No. I cannot. So, I have to go with Cowboys from Hell. Hey, <laughs> I, I have to. I don't I'm blame sorry. it. I don't blame. No, I don't. I don't. It was I don't a really it. tough, tough, 
tough choice. But it came down to I would choose Cemetery Gates over <clears throat> every other song on Vulgar and Cowboys from Hell over every other song on Vulgar except for Walk, of course. But I was only left with one song on Vulgar as opposed to Cowboys from Hell. And that's I think, how I chose. I think This Love actually might be my favorite song on it's uh, a, on again, Vulgar. It's a great it's a song. great song. See, to me, Walk is my favorite, but I have to go with Cowboys from Hell. Well, like so, you said, Jake, one A and one B. <clears throat> yeah. Yep. So, Cowboys from Hell, it is. There you have it. Insert clapping noises. Yay. That was difficult. That, I, all, I, I went back and forth listening to both of those albums. As soon as, as soon as you said that it was going to be an album battle, I was like, oh, shit. I'm seriously <laughs> going to have to choose one of these? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the way it goes around here. Yep. Yeah, it was not easy at all. Yeah, on, um, on a on a different day, I, I could have gone, I could have gone Cowboys. Honestly, I, uh, I love Far Beyond Driven too. I think I, I think that's this awesome album too. I, I again, a, everything from 1990 to 2000, I love 90 percent of it. <clears throat> there's there's some songs in. Uh, on, on albums that aren't cowboys and vulgar that I could do without for sure, and that's what to me these two albums that we just voted between are the most complete albums in their discography, in their catalog. Okay, well, that's our winner. That's our discussion. That's how we feel about Pantera. There you go. Wonderful, Matt. We'll shut this thing down. So, as we do at the end of every episode, we go around the horn, telling the listeners what our favorite podcasts, music, new old TV shows that we're listening to. So, who wants to kick it off? Anything new? Actually, Ed, yeah. What's, what's new in the tech world? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, lots of things, <laughs> but let's not talk about that tonight. Tonight. Let's talk about a brand new remastered and reissued Metallica album that just came out. Their uh, cover album, um, Garage Days, re-revisited. So I picked that up. They were offering it in um, all kinds of formats, vinyl, even cassette. And I got the CD, and the CD came in one of those big long boxes. Like, they used to come in. Matt and Jake, you probably won't remember this. But uh, Sailor, I'm sure you do. So they would fit in like the record bins. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. That was so, so weird. Yeah. No. <laughs> so it's cool. So I've been, I've been listening to that on repeat. There was um, an amazing listening. article about that actually, Ed. How the record? So it's so funny. Like in a very short period of time, within like less than 20 years, way less, record stores went from having. 45s to LPs to eight tracks to cassettes and then CDs. And they were all sick and tired of buying new equipment and new, like whatever you call them to hold all the shit. Mm -hmm. Right. Because 
They had to keep resizing all their and changing all their shelving. And so they started to demand that the uh, manufacturers create something that could fit in the previous like casing. Like you said, that's that's why those came out. It's just really funny thinking about it, because even though I was there for all of those changes, sadly, because I'm old, (coughs) um, you don't realize how quickly that happened, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a short period of time for changes like that. That was kind of nuts. I mean, we're supposed to be driving flying cars by now. <laughs> what the fuck is my flying car? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Marty McFly. It's all his fault. It's all the yeah. FAA's yeah. fault. Gosh, yeah. There's a comedian. A comedian. Uh, oh, who is it? Has a hilarious song called uh, Where's My Fucking Jetpack? <laughs> and it's, the the song is basically that where the whole the whole song is him singing about like all the things he was basically promised as a kid yes! that were going to oh be around yep. yes! and the That's and the weird. chorus of song of the song is like where's my fucking jetpack amazing <laughs> it's so oh, true I'll, I'll have to I'll, I'll look it up and send it to you guys <laughs> we were supposed to be living in fucking space by now by yeah. 18 years ago thank you 18 or 17 years ago we're supposed to be living in space we don't even have the fucking hoverboard. Yeah, we're God supposed to be like the Jetsons. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at least, well, we, at least we got the Cubs win the World Series, right, Ed? Yes, oh. we got that. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's one thing that came true. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I've been listening to <laughs> Travel with Rick Steves. <laughs> God, where did add this to the list? <laughs> I... I, I'm going to be traveling quite a lot this summer. I'm going to be doing some whiskey trips. And so I, I love listening to Rick Steves' voice. It's like, it's like a nice Steves? warm blanket. You don't know who Rick Steves is? Are you That's not? what I was thinking. What? Should I? Should I know who Rick Steves is? Are you fucking kidding me? Should Matthew. I know who Rick No. Oh, my God. I mean, Shut of course, up. I know who Rick Steves is. Oh but, yeah, but, yeah. The, but the listener might not know, so tell them. Who, Everybody who, who, knows who, who fucking is. Rick Steves is. <laughs> I know okay. who Rick Dees is. Thank you. So yeah, thank you. Thank the you. Weekly top. Thank you, Jake. You guys can suck it. <laughs> tell the well, listeners who he is. Go look him up. He's a goddamn fucking travel writer, and he's had his own flipping TV show, radio show, <laughs> podcast, books, whatever, for like thirty fucking years. My God! <laughs> Screw you guys. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm so mad right now. I'm really mad. <laughs> Travel with Rick Steves. Learn about it. Okay, there's anyway, our assignment. There so okay. I've been listening to that as a podcast, and I've been listening a lot to my friend's band called Cortez. You guys should totally check them out. You can listen to them on Bandcamp. Um, they're from the Boston area, and they are awesome. My friend Alexi is the drummer of the band, and I have known Alexi for a very long time because <laughs> we're both old, um, and they're just amazing. So I have their CD. I can rip it for you guys <laughs> if you want. <laughs> that's, a, that's a joke, everybody. That's a joke. <laughs> And that's me. <laughs> Jerks. Matt, did you go? Not yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so, <laughs> can, sorry, I have to shave while I'm talking. <laughs> so, what was that, what was can, that Instagram again? <laughs> subtle dildo. <laughs> That's it. There should be one that's called Not So Subtle Dildo. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) So you were saying. In lieu of our last episode, which was about death metal, uh, I have been... was binging a little on Cannibal Corpse the other day at work. It's fucking fucking awesome. Cheesy, but awesome. Yeah, Um, super cheesy. Yeah, and as far as podcast goes... I was diving back into some of our old episodes, just seeing how far oh, we really? can, we've come. Yeah, so intro show Aerosmith, ACDC, uh, good stuff. You know, if the new listeners go back and check out the old episodes, please. Uh, there's some funny, there's some good funny stuff in there. And any of those inside jokes that you hear on these newer episodes, got to go back and listen to the old ones. So, go check us out. Still got that bottle of larceny. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I see larceny in the liquor store. Every time. Completely imprinted into my brain now. (laughs) Every time. That's one of my favorite things that's happened on our Mm. show. I'm going to go completely like opposite. So we've, just to be weird, because we've now done two episodes in a row right up my lane of really heavy metal awesome stuff but uh one of my favorite youtube channels actually my daughter and i actually watch it together and it's uh it's called the super carlin brothers and if any of you guys are like harry potter fans or like geek out on that kind of stuff they they do like uh i guess it's not uh not conspiracy theory but they take they break down Harry Potter, but they also take like the whole uh, Disney universe and show how uh, Disney, Pixar, how they're all connected. Every single one of these platforms, the movies are all completely connected. What? Yeah, so like at Pixar, it every single Pixar movie falls into a timeline in a Pixar universe, mm-hmm. and they're and they all lead one leads to the next um, amongst the timeline. And same thing with the Disney movies, like all the princess movies, they're they're all connected. Like uh, one person's parents are another, you know, princess. You know, it's it's all weird. But the Harry Potter stuff's really cool too. But my my darling, I love that YouTube channel. It's it's a lot of fun. So Super Carlin Brothers, been watching that a lot lately. It's cool. a lot of fun. Interesting. So and very interesting. Before we wrap it up tonight. We need to um, we need to hear from our new sponsor. <laughs> I think actually, uh, our, he just messaged me, and he's going to go ahead and uh, he's going to call in after the show, and we're just going to edit his spot into the show. Do we want to tell the listeners who our sponsor is? <clears throat> no, I think uh, I think Ed is going to find a perfect spot. To drop that commercial right into the show, and maybe even by this point in the show, the listener has already heard the commercial. Who knows? It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, is that a coincidence that Ed's name is in the word edit? (laughs) The (laughs) I mean, 
I mean, this come show on. has been edited. Yeah. Oh, zinger! <laughs> Boom. Just know that he can cut you out at any time. <laughs> oh snap! Alrighty, so we want to just want to give a huge thanks to all of our listeners out there, and please join us next week. Except for, for Bob. No- Except for Bob. We don't want to thank Bob. Yeah, Bob the listener. Oh yeah, Bob. Sorry, okay. Bob. Um, where was I? An ex- another episode <laughs> of the Metal Rock and Whiskey Podcast. All right, Matt. You got something for us? Or do I ever? Uh, I will say to all of our listeners, our fellow metal rock and whiskey obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Please find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about the show. Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Rock and Whiskey and ask to join to continue discussions participate in weekly polls and sound off on the show find us on youtube and please subscribe on itunes give a review be nice now give us that five star rating you can also follow us individually on instagram yours truly at the whiskey obsessor that is whiskey save the e ed where can they find you they can also find me on instagram at bourbon geek sailor hi <laughs> oh, you want to know where you can find me? I'm Sailor Retro. You can just find me at Sailor Retro. Just Google wherever it. in all the places. Just Google it. You'll in find all the me. Places. All the places. Well, you can find me at bourbon.spartan on Instagram. Uh, you can find a way to support us at patreon.com/slash metal rock whiskey. Uh, we got some giveaways going there, so check that out. Help us out. Hopefully you enjoy what we do, because we enjoy doing it, and we'd love to keep doing it. So check us out there. Thank you, Ed-itor. Thank you, Sailor, for setting this up. But guys, my glass of stag is now empty. My insides are on fire in a good way. (laughs) Tip your waitress. We're out. Fuck you, Lars. Bye. Later, everyone. Is, is this is hello, hello? Oh, he's oh, Hi. he's on the line. Oh. Torben, hello. Is, is can you is can you hear metal, us? It's just yeah. metal rock whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Torben. Oh. Welcome. Hello. We're honored oh, to have hi. you. Oh, I sorry. I was I was right in the middle of playing a game with Val. Oh, it was Val. it was running long. Val, Val's backhand was just on point today. Hmm. Who who is Val? Can you just so the oh, listeners? Oh yes, uh, sorry, sorry. I, I I speak of people as if you know. <laughs> you should know. Val is my Prussian friend, uh, great great tennis player. Uh, he's just so good. But uh, I, I think why I called today was I was going to talk to you guys about uh, about why Val can never beat me. <laughs> uh, why I, is sorry, that? Well. 
because my friend Levi, my my Jewish friend Levi and I, uh, we came together and created a a, a ball cream, and I I take I take the cream and I rub it all over my balls, my my balls, and then and, and then when I service when I service Val, yeah, I bet you guys came together. Oh oh, I sure. <laughs> I, I use that cream on the boss when I service Val. Wait, you sir, you service Val or you serve to Val? Uh, it's it's called the service. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yes. G- continue. Yeah, yes. Mm, just, mm, just clarifying. And and Val just, he just doesn't know what hit him. Uh, and and your friend Levi, I believe that he's involved in in the business of yeah. your uh, ball so, cream. So, so Levi, my Jewish friend Levi, uh, he, uh, we've been friends for so long. I think I sent you guys a picture uh, of a tennis yes. match that I I played against Val and, and Levi. Levi is our amateur. He's an amateur line judge for tennis, and uh, he only has one eye, which oh. is why he is, is why he could never go pro as line judge. But Torben, is he in on the ball cream? Oh yes, business. Um, right. Yes, no. He he really, really is visionary in balls and creams. Ah, all right. That sounds amazing. So it's like a three-way so, business. Can, can any, oh, any it's, yeah? Oh, it's a can anybody use three-way this ball servicing? Cream? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not here to judge. Anybody can use the ball cream. And and is there a name for? I, I'm sorry, did I miss you saying the name of the product? Oh yes, it's uh, <laughs> as an inside joke to Val. We named it Prussian Slammer. Okay, Prussian yeah. Slammer. Yeah, because I okay. I use it when I slam Levi on the court. That's a fantastic name. Um, so. Okay, so this is um, a proprietary um, recipe. I'm assuming of ball yeah, yes, cream. And, yeah, and my my uh, my son Lars is actually a, a minority partner in the business too. Of course, he is. And uh, <laughs> he he was just telling me the other day how much he loves this show, and he 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 told me I shouldn't tell you guys this. He told me he wants to come on the show, but you won't let him come on. And you have... I told him, I said, Lars, they have this hashtag of, of Fuku Lars, which is... Means they love you. Because why would you Fuku somebody if you don't love them? I tell him that. That's a, that's a great point. That's an excellent point. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll consider it. Just tell him that we're talking about it. We'll think about it right now. We want to focus on you though. And yeah. your product called Prussian slammer, which is a ball cream. And yes. you're gra- um, graciously enough to, to be a sponsor on our show here. I love what you guys do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I must say I live, a, I live a pretty good life in my old age because, because of Metallica and their success and, and my son Lars and and you guys have shown that you love them. So why should I not love you too? That's right. Right. Absolutely. 
Uh, and we appreciate your support. Little podcasts like ours, it's, it's you know, there are costs involved and it's a lot of work and it's there's a lot of time. And we really appreciate everybody who listens to the show and sponsors like you make this possible. So um, we can't thank you enough. Now, Ken, can you tell us when will your ball cream be available in stores and where can people find out more information? Do you have a website or um, will there be an Etsy store maybe? Yes, the uh, the we do have website. It is uh, creamybalsh dot denmark dot co. Uh, so that's where you can find that. And we're actually going to do a special release with my uh, with my my racket oil. I have a racket oil that, uh, that I use also, and it's it, it's called. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but the 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 racket is shaped kind of like a G, and so we call the oil the G string oil. Oh my! Um, yes. Well, so okay. I think I that think makes, you that use makes those. Yeah. You use those two products together, and I think it I think it will help your game immensely. So do you, do are all of your partners European? Do you have anybody that's uh, native English speaking that's consulting on any of your brands? Uh, I mean, we have several board members. Uh, I mean. Oh, that one, uh, what's uh, what's that guy's name? He used to wear the platform shoes and all the makeup and. Uh, Not he, you don't mean Gene Simmons. Yes, that guy. Of course, it, of course. He was friends and, with oh he. Boy. He was kind of like distant friends with Levi, and so he tried to get in on it, but uh, he he wanted he just wanted too much. And he didn't have any issue with the names of these products. No, he was fine with that. He just constantly wanted to wear makeup to the meetings. And it was just too much. Just too much. Well, thank you so much, Torben, for being with us today. Thank you, Torben. And talking about your product. Such a, we such appreciate a it. It's an absolute pleasure. And we will let everybody know that they can go to creamyballs.denmark.co to find the Prussian Slammer Ball Cream and the G-String Racket Oil. Yes, okay. Yes. Oh, great. thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great night, Torben. Thanks, I love Torben. you. Bye, love Torben. Take care. Tell Lars we said fuck you. Oh, I will. I love him too. <laughs> <laughs>